Poirots. Welcome to Out of the Podcast. You know, Dan, I was listening to a podcast recently and I heard uh, the recording in progress thing. And that was interesting. It was on the actual podcast? You heard yeah, it? they, because oh. I think they, they were, fa- it's a fancy podcast and they, you know, probably have like mics and then they use that source to like edit it together. Mm-hmm. But you could hear that. That's how it all got together. It's nice to know, you know, even the professionals are using Zoom. Oh, it's good, good to know. We got uh, Digital Dan here, <laughs> letting us know the, the ins and outs of our uh, our podcast features. The producer, if you will. Yeah, I guess you could I'm say the that. editor, you're the producer, right? That feels yeah. right. And then um, I guess well, we both executive produce it, right? Direct I it? Say, I don't yeah. know. Write both of us are the executive producers, I would say. A ton of meaningless titles to know that two pals just doing it together. Gentleman Joey here to say, let's just be friends, right? Can yeah. we all just be friends? 2022, you know how we do. First episode of the new year. New year, new season. Is a year a season? I guess it is in these days, huh? Yeah. Do we do seasons on this show? I think we just run the numbers up. Keep them coming. Yeah, I think I was thinking about that as I was setting up this meeting. I was like, you know, I I think keeping the episode numbers is good, but we could still consider this quote-unquote season two because it's the next year. But I I think sequentially, I like the idea of... I'm glad we started on a year that was our first year in 2021 so we can keep track of it that way that's what happened to me in school as well Mm -hmm. so i know you know 1994 i was in fourth grade oh that's easy yeah that was that's been very helpful especially with my dumb swiss cheese brain (laughs) i I need something simple like that when it comes to the numbers yeah that's that's not my strong point either so glad to hear it dan i think that's one thing that connects many of us is just that math huh Yep. What a drag. And I wonder what they say to kids now. I see this meme going around where it's just, hey, you know, you're not going to have a calculator at the grocery store. Remember that? Oh, they yeah. They tried to get you. And it's like, we literally have phones now with calculators <laughs> on there. Like, yeah. Now who's laughing? We are. And even then, you know, we had the calculator watch. We so, did. Come on, teacher. You know what I had that was cool? That was a watch when I used to wear watches. I had a... um. It Besides was like a... the Dick Tracy watch? I did have that watch. Of course you did. I did have that one. But no, I had for the longest time, I had, it was a Nintendo controller watch and it had like a nice like silver, like uh, like kind of stretchy band. But it looked like, it almost looked like one of those like old like Seiko, Casio, kind of like 80s looking watches. It was silver. When was this? um, This was when, remember when like Nintendo merch had like a resurgence in like the 2000s, like the early 2000s, like 2003, 2005. This could be when I had, uh, I was a little later than that, but I remember I had a a wallet that looked like a Nintendo controller. I remember that. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. That was so cool. I loved that watch. I wore that until it it completely crapped out on me um, and I wore it. I probably have it saved saved somewhere. Get it fixed. I bet you could get that fixed. I'll have to find it. It's probably in a box somewhere, but yeah, it was was cool. Yeah, I think I just stopped. Wa- I stopped wearing watches. You know, you stopped keeping time, huh? Yeah, I just you good know. for you. Time yeah. is a is a construct. It's right? a construct, exactly. I, I live by my own time. Damn, damn over here, one big damn. Yep. Well, welcome to the show. All right. Well, I'll use that as my segue to get heady into uh, movies watched this week. Mm-hmm. Not the one I've been promising Dan for two weeks. I apologize. It was a hectic week. Neither I hope I, you didn't so do. I was going to say <laughs> good. But maybe next week is the week. Third time's the charm. I think it we'll might be. We'll be ready for it. You know, behind the scenes, guys, we're pulling back the curtain. This was Christmas weekend. It never had a chance. You know, yeah. We're lucky to do what we did. But I did watch the movies. Um, watch that new Matrix, of course. Old news mm-hmm. by now, but did it at the time. Did you watch it? Or you, I did. What's your relationship with the Matrix, Dan? 
I've only seen the first one, like when it okay. came out, and it was fine. But I never got into. This. I, I was never enough into it to watch the sequel. So I mean, think about that. I watched the first one when it came out, and I haven't watched any of them or That'll the first one since then. So yeah, my head's just not in it. Like it, I saw it coming out, I'm just like, meh, whatever. I, uh, you know, I enjoyed the first one. I mean, you know, it was such a, a phenomenon. I, I, yeah. I had to kind of dip in in that regard. But I was pretty over it. I mean, there's cool stuff about this with the second one, but I was mostly over it, especially it, it kind of if you... One cool thing about it is that it did have, like, comic book designers, Jeff Darrow, Steve Scross. Like, they did a lot of the designs, and it, it is cool to see their stuff come to life, especially Jeff Darrow. He's just so ultra-detailed. But it had ripped off a lot of plot points, important plot points, from Grant Morrison's The Invisibles, which was a comic being published at the time. And that was kind of like if you knew that that stuck in your craw where you're like, you know, eh, this thing just ripped off this thing. That's like a couple years old, you know, easy there. Yeah. I think it was even still coming out at the time, but this new one was very interesting. It was very like meta. And I, I appreciated it in that regard. It, it kind of felt different. Like it, it paid off in, in the sense that if you'd seen the three movies, it, you know, had little references in a way, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was, it was very interesting. I, I liked it. I, I've been thinking about it. I don't necessarily love it. I probably say my favorite, film from the sisters although there's only one sister on this one is uh speed racer what a good time that movie is that movie's fascinating i saw that in the theater yeah uh, as a big space speed racer fan growing up as a kid uh I went did you feel it. like it was faithful it was i feel like it's been so long since i've seen it um i remember it just being such a weird movie that did really poorly at the box office and really oh, kind no of one got... knew what to do with this thing yeah but... it's a very weird movie um it's, but, it's, I mean, I just, I, you almost I like want to say it's ahead of its time but it's like it's not of any time um yeah, i like speed we- racer too i think it really gets the feel of it but it's just a lot of fun i mean there's a scene with you know speed racer the mach 5 is flipping over and he while he's upside down punches someone in the head <laughs> and it's amazing i mean there's just really cool stuff like that bright colors which is something you always need more of it's a good time i mean i i think they they raise very interesting I mean, not necessarily Speed Racer. Speed Racer is just a Speed Racer movie. But they have, like, heady topics that are mm-hmm. worth doing, especially with, like, blockbusters. I mean, yeah. I don't know how successful their last couple of movies have been in that regard. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like it was worth doing it, actually. Like, it didn't seem like it was a cash-in. And it, it weirdly, like, even referenced that stuff. Like, like I said, it's very meta. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of the fans hate it. So, I mean, that's also another regard of, like, hey, pretty good. Yeah. But it's, we're in a weird time of fan service um, right now. And it's been interesting to see it play successfully, unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, just watch How To with John Wilson. <laughs> yes. I watched that episode yesterday and uh, I'm still thinking about it. What a good time. Uh, yeah, I actually forgot about it because just because of the holiday. Like I, I, Same. And I, and I watched it the next day and yeah, it was, it was something. It was something. We'll yeah. talk off air so we don't date ourselves too much, but yes. just check it out. What what a, what a good time. Yep. So watch that. Uh, watch. There's a Beanie Babies documentary on HBO Max. <sighs> also old news, but I mean, that, having lived through that, I mean, not ever into it, but it was around you. Yes. Uh, needed to check it out. And it, it was pretty well done for the That's most good. part. Yeah. So check that out. You know, it's a, under an hour and a half on HBO Max as worst things you could do. And then yesterday was had TCM on for some time as I'm reading my new Spider-Man Tashin gigantic comic. TCM, I think it was around eight o'clock. They're just like, all right, we're done with Christmas movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all done with it by eight o'clock. 
and they they showed Bridge on the River Kwai, which is on quite often, but I've never seen. You hear it hype so much. And mm-hmm. Finally sat down and watched it. What'd you think? It was good. Yeah, it's interesting to see um, it, how how referenced it is. You know, of course yeah. you expected it, but then you're like, oh, that's what that's from. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was good. I, I say check it out. Cool. If you if if it comes around, but you know, you know, no rush. Like it didn't blow me away in that regard. But you could see why people. I mean, there's there's some good stuff in there mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know. Yeah, definitely one that you like. You said you hear about a lot. Um, a lot, I, yeah. Yeah, and I just never got around to seeing it either. So yeah, that'd be cool to cool to check. I out will. I'll spoil this much, Dan. The bridge, not a metaphor. It's a real bridge. It's a real bridge on a real river. Quiet. Okay. They're, they're not fucking around with that title. They're like, look. <laughs> we get. They they I didn't deliver. know if it was going to be metaphorical. You know, a lot of times these old '50s titles they get real heady. You know, mm-hmm. even this one. You know, it's called Kansas City Confidential, but it's very little in Kansas City nor confidential. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> except it's reversed. It's, reverse. it's it. reversed. It's the last half hour of the movie. He's sort of in <laughs> Manhattan for a little bit. But Great yes, reference. no, that that's true. Yeah. So I mean, on that on that note, uh, I am like I've been like. You ready? You got nothing? You've watched nothing of note? I mean, you know, again, dating ourselves, I've been watching a lot of Christmas stuff. So, I mean, I was kind of going through the Christmas phase. So, trying to watch some stuff that I hadn't watched in a while that are Christmas related, like, or like adjacent, like, for instance, like Night of the Comet. Like, that takes place, like, around that time. And I just hadn't watched that movie in a while. And it's it's a fun time. Um, What else did I watch? Just a lot of, like, I mean, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, I watch that every Christmas Eve. Um, That's been a staple for years for me. Um, still like it i do yeah i I, yeah it's such a it's such a weird thing because people have such mixed emotions about that movie it's such a polarizing movie i'd say that's true i like the lads are divided yeah i like it more as i get older is it the best movie in the world no I, i don't think it's the greatest movie in the world but i enjoy it for what it is i think it's fine i just it it doesn't deserve uh yearly watches you know Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, I, I, it just kind of became a tradition for me. And it's just out of, out of tradition more than anything. Like that just, to me, that's like a Christmas movie. You know, like that is- like, Last of Silence. Now there's a tradition. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, that too, but we got that out of the way early this year. So, so I apologize. We, no, we, we should have been freed me up. Freed me up to watch <laughs> some other ones. But yeah. There's a scene in, uh, I believe, it, yes, the second episode of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas episode. It's called Christmas with the Joker. Mm-hmm. They introduced the Joker for the first time. Mark Hamill's the Joker. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry recorded most of the episode, if not all of it, but he uh, couldn't maintain his Joker voice. He would get into terrible coughing fits afterwards. So, Really? Fun fact for you there, before Mark Hamill came in and showed everyone what he could do with his voice. Yeah. Changed everything. But uh, Robin's, they're, 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 uh, Robin and Batman, they're up on a roof. They're casing out crime, you know, even though it's Christmas time and Things seem to be quiet, and Robin's like, "Hey, why don't we go watch It's a Wonderful Life?" Right? Mm-hmm. And Batman's like, I- "I've never seen that actually." Oh yeah, and they're like, "Oh, if we can get out early, let's go home and watch it." Like, I've never seen it. I couldn't get past the title. Really? Yes. Batman's parents were murdered, Dan. Yeah, I guess he's got a. He doesn't have a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, he, he probably needs to go through that so he can appreciate what he has because yeah. you know he's he's got riches. He's uh. Got, he's built a family. Yeah. Alfred's still there. Depending on what Robin you have at the moment, they're still there. The commissioner, Jim Gordon. Yeah. You don't think he wants a Christmas card, a phone call maybe? Probably. Probably. He has Does to, he get you know, one? No. He has to keep shining that the, the, the bat signal, you know. 
Do you know how much like money that costs the taxpayers just to keep that thing on? Probably a lot of money. Exactly. Probably like an NFT amount of energy on that. Oh, thing. here we go. <laughs> it's bad. They're bad, Dan. That's all. Yeah. Maybe there's a solar panel on the, the bad signal by now. Yeah. I'd like to think there is. I, like I to hope think, so. I'd like to think that they're being uh, there you you know, go. ecologically friendly. We ever write Batman, that's the one new thing we have to contribute. I like it. A green, maybe even the Batcave too, although I don't know how you get that going down. Well, maybe if it, you can run it down from way Yeah, you can run it down, yeah. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Perfect segue. Episode 53, the new year. Kansas City Confidential. Released November 11th, 1952, from our old friends at United Artists. Produced by, it was the pitchers that got Edward Smalls, Associated Players and Productions. You like that joke, Dan? I do. Thank you. We could hear your laughter. Uh, <laughs> directed by Phil Carlson, our old friend from, uh, what is it? 97 Street. 97 uh, Stream Street? 99 like River Street. We, we shan't. Make jokes at its expense. A fantastic movie. Does this one measure up? Let's find out. We got four writers on this bad boy, Dan. We got story mm-hmm. by credit going to Roland Brown and Harold Green with a screenplay credit going to George Bruce and Harry Essex. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and open up in Kansas City, Missouri with the mysterious Mr. Big, who yes. all I could think about was Hank Hill going, this is Mr. Big. <laughs> <laughs> Love that king of the hill. Ah, yes, he's keeping time on both the Southwest Bank and a flower shop that's next door. I mean, when I said we opened with Kansas City, actually we opened with a whole bunch of text, but, you know, it, yeah. it's just some flowery nonsense. Please, please procedural stuff of the time. Probably all four writers worked on that. It was so goddamn long. You know, do what you got to do. Don't yeah. feel like you missed anything if you can't keep up with it. It was a lot. I had to read it out loud. <laughs> it, it was a mouthful. Yeah, so he's casing both of these places, the flower shop and the bank. And, you know, he's just trying to figure out when each business's delivery trucks leave, you know, when they come in, when they're on the move. And it's clear that they keep a tight schedule during the work week. Got that nice map with with all the check marks. Yeah. Totally about to say, it's the first example of Mr. Big's beautiful handwriting and design. Very legible the entire time. Shout out to, I don't know who, if the actor was going for it, the prop man, but well done. Or woman, didn't mean to gender it. Not, not, uh, you know, not incriminating in any way or anything, you know, it's it's not like this whole giant mapped out piece with all all the evidence. Maybe that's his criminal handwriting. You know, there's a lot of times you think you you know what's going on with this guy and you're like, you know, Hey, if you did this, then you'd be fine. But he, Mr. Big knows what he's doing. We'll find out. Yep. So things are looking good. We got five check marks. It means we're comfortable enough to start this job. And so we bring in three criminals together to help him out with this robbery. Mm-hmm. And um, you won't even have to wait to know their names. We have a well-written note to work from right off the top. Mm-hmm. You got Pete Harris. And when we meet him, he says he's not pushed around so easy. But we're going to see that that's a total lie 100% throughout this movie. Yeah. And that's uh, Jack Elam. Mm-hmm. Then we also have from Tony Romano. From Kiss Me Deadly. Yep. Yeah. We got Tony Romano. Come on, Lee Van Cleef. Yep. The, the greatest the great. of all time. So glad to see him here. And he does not disappoint. Yes, he's great in this. Say what you will about any movie, but if you got Van Cleef, you're in for a Van good time. Yep. And then we got Boyd Kane, our old friend Chester from DOA, Neville Brand. Mm-hmm. Glad, to, glad to have him back again, too. Great, great cast of characters in this one, especially those three guys. Yes. Um, I mean, I find 
Elam's performance, I, I, I was wondering this at the time. I was like, I can't tell if this is good or bad. And then he delivered one line at the end of it that was terrible. Mm-hmm. But it was entertaining for sure. Yeah. It, it just, it was very bizarre. But Romano and Kane, those are your heavy hitters. I don't remember if I said this during DOA, but Neville Brand, he looks like Mickey Rooney and Gary Busey if they went into the fly machine. I never thought of it that way, but all right. I've also stopped saying if people had a baby and start saying if they go into the fly machine. And I like that to catch up. I like that choice, yes. Thank you, Dan. So yeah, they, these are three criminal cast of characters. Each man worse than the last. It goes gambling, women, and then murderer. Quite a crew. And so Mr. Big, he sets up the meetings one at a time and he meets them wearing a very spooky mask. This mask is awesome isn't it cool man that, that was every like, time you yeah. think you've seen the best mask in heists another one comes along and I, this might be my favorite it, it was awesome just yes. mouthless real rubber faced i i just it was very effective and yes th- there's some more stuff coming up with it where it continues to be effective um, i thought you would like it yeah thank you dan add it to the mask uh letterbox list mm-hmm. thanks to the intern for keeping up on those yep keep the tally show notes everything yeah we can't be bothered with it so nah. it, it's really up to them. We're What's executive our producers, name? you know? Exactly. What's our intern's name, Dan? Our gopher. Uh, the one who got me this cherry Coke I'm about to drink. His name is Victor Laszlo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to Vic. We love Vic. Uh, we couldn't do the show without him. Laszlo can last go now to the store. Uh, so we love the mask. Our intern's picking us up too right now. And the reason why he does this like he does it, he doesn't want anyone to know each other, so no one can turn a dime on anyone, which is totally genius. Yes. So no one knows who they're working with, what they look like, who they're meeting with. It's perfect. And he gets everyone on board by threatening to turn them into the cops. And uh, this Mr. Big, he sure seems to know a lot, though. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But we don't have time for that because everyone's in. We're ready to pull off this perfect crime. This is a great one where we're just jumping right into it. I feel like we've talked longer about it than it took for them to even get to this crime. So Yes. And they find a way to like put in a lot of plot in this movie, but it doesn't feel like it. It moves along very smoothly. It does, yeah. So we're ready to pull it off. Right away, we see our old friend John Payne mm-hmm. in his delivery truck. And he's getting yelled at by some stranger. And it seems like this is going to muck things up a little bit, but all is well. You get a lot of fake outs like this throughout. I'll try to point them out. Yeah. He pulls away and then an identical truck pulls right in to take its place. All the men are wearing masks like Mr. Biggs. Awesome. Yep. And uh, they pull off the crime perfectly, this perfect crime. And they t- the take in is over a million dollars. Broad daylight, just so well planned. And yeah, it's over a million dollars. It's probably the highest heist on the podcast yet, Dan, right? It might be. Yeah, I think isn't like the, the today's value like over 11 million or something like that? Quite something a like bit, that? yes. Yeah. Quite a bit. But even then you hear a mill. I mean, even now you get a mill. That's pretty good. A lot of money. I mean, back then, yeah, for sure. That was, that was a lot of money. But I, I mean, it's, it, it, like you said, it's over like a split second. Like they take out the, the armored guards uh, yep. that, that, that are, you know, they're right there, like right behind the truck as they're get about, about to get to the truck and hit them. They take it, they're in the van and they're gone. You know, yep. it's, it's, and then they it's go so into well, the little perfect. truck. I mean, yeah. people didn't even realize the other truck had left. That's how right. seamless that it is. Right. And the escape, it goes just as well. They drive into an unmarked trailer, and Mr. Big, he's like, all right, everyone, keep your masks on, hang tight. Mm-hmm. Here's a little spending money for you, and tickets to separate locations. They're all outside of the country. Mm-hmm. And also, he tears playing cards in half. They're all kings of different suits. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is if anything goes wrong, I can't make it. We'll know how, who you are and to give you your money. 
Yeah. You're going to be called upon once the heat dies down, you know, to come collect. It's all going to be anonymous. Sounds good, right? No one's hurt. Perfect crime. Uh Uh-oh, wait, what about that one flower truck, Dan? Our old friend John Payne. Well, he's just humming along, having himself an all right day. Uh, The cops stop him, though, and they won't listen to his protest. They tear apart his truck. Yeah. Flowers everywhere. They detain him for days. Um, Yeah, which is weird. They don't really have any evidence on just that he's driving the truck. Exactly. But he's an easy mark. Yeah. He's an ex-con, yeah. He's an ex-con. He had a gambling debt that went a little wrong. And so they think he looks good for this, whether he did it or not. Mm-hmm. And, but, and he doesn't break easily. They don't like that. But they do find the phony truck eventually, and they let him go. But the damage is done. His job is there. And they're like, yeah, everyone knows you're a criminal now. We view you differently. We don't care that you're an upstanding citizen doing your best from one little mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to deliver flowers, Dan, briefly. Did you? It was probably my fa- one of my favorite jobs, if not. It was a lot of fun. Boss was a bit of a nut, but... What, uh, what city was that in? This is uh, right before I moved to Philly when I went back to Connecticut for oh. a little bit. And uh, that was, it was, you know, because it was nice nature locations and you're mostly delivering good news or comfort to people that needed it. Yeah. It was only Valentine's Day you would see people that were like, I don't want these flowers. Like, this, <laughs> this psycho just sent me something insane. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was interesting. Sorry, Whoopi Goldberg sent some flowers at one point. Oh, yeah? Shout out to Whoopi. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I think that was the biggest one. Biggest delivery. And I was working at the B&B at the same time when Elizabeth Ashley came and fell out of the bed. <laughs> some very random stories. Yeah, well, the world's a twisted place, Dan. <laughs> as, as we know through Kansas City Confidential. Absolutely. So we're all mad about this. Joe is rightfully steamed about this. Joe Rolfe, our John Payne, he's out of work now, and he's been trying real hard to live a decent life with this tiny mistake behind him. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to get this figured out. These cops can't do anything. They thought it was me. So he goes to a bar where his friend Eddie works. He was an old army buddy, and it turns out that Joe saved his life, and he's calling in a favor. So Eddie says, you know, come back around closing. And when he does, Eddie's brother Rick comes out of the back real cool and spooky. Mm-hmm. Just appears. You want to talk Batman. He's, he's got the best info we can muster. That Pete Harris recently went to Tijuana and he's probably involved. So Joe heads right over and he finds Pete in a casino. He gets dealt into the game and Pete's all nervous. So he leaves with Joe not far behind him. He gets dealt in and deal, <laughs> deals right out after winning. And so he follows him to his hotel and he beats up the punk. He gets what little information he can out of him because nobody really knows anything about this job. Mm-hmm. So Joe finds a plane ticket and a wire from Mr. Big saying, come to Barbados or Barados. Excuse Barados, me. Barbados yeah. actually exists. This place does not. Mm-hmm. You can come collect there. And Joe informs Pete that he's coming too. He wants to be cut in for his troubles. Fair, right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, I think I so. Think He's learned a little something. They didn't think about the poor flower man in this plan, so not so perfect. Yeah, he lost his job. Exactly. Come on. We can't look out for, for the fellow criminal here. Then what's what's it all for? You can't follow the criminal code? Yeah, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why are we doing the show, Dan? That, that's <laughs> offensive to me. <laughs> so that's going to happen. They head to the airport. They get some one-way tickets. And right before boarding, the police arrive. They try to bust Harris for a gambling debt, and he pulls out a gun, shot dead, but then totally tries to spill on Joe as he's fading away from life. And it seems like this one cop might connect that Pete was, was there with him, but it's just some good old-fashioned cinema tension. Yeah, good fake-out. 
There's a lot of good fake outs. In yeah. This. Yeah. Um, with the, I guess it's like the attendant was trying to like taps him on the shoulder and you think, you know, you think it's like the cop stopping him. Um, well, and then the cop even goes up to use the phone and it at looks one like point, something's yeah, up right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like keeps giving him this look too, which is good. Yeah. And then uh, the attendant comes up and is like, you, you want your luggage, right? Like <laughs> keep your head in the game, man. I also want to, I don't know if ticket. you noticed it, but real quick before when he, he meets Jack Elam in the, the gambling parlor mm-hmm. and when he first meets him, they do a scene where they actually like, they light the cigarettes almost like the, the one, the, it's almost similar to the one that's in 99 River Street. Oh, okay. And, and, and it's, and cause that made me think of it because we just watched that and same director, you know, and you, you wonder if like that was something that he was just like really into. Um, but that, that like, I noticed that on this, this was my second time watching this movie. So I noticed that on this time around. You know, Had you watched this before 99 River Street when you watched? No, them? I'd watched this. I'd seen 99 River Street before I saw this one. Okay. Yeah. Same deal. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a nice touch. There's a lot of cigarettes smoked in this movie. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And one thing I did notice in regards to the cigarettes is that John Payne is very bad at lighting them. I don't know if yes. that was a, a character touch or if that was him, yeah. but. And there's one scene uh, when we get, we'll get to it, but Van Cleef, he like looks like he missed it lighting a cigarette, mm. got like just the corner, and that man, goddamn it, he he finds a way to just puff that thing into full full lit. It's yeah. so cool. I was watching him the whole time, but <laughs> so yep, Pete Harris is dead, and Joe takes on his identity and he heads to Barados. So we're here, we're on vacation. You know, everything looks great. It looks like a great time. I, I was ready to go here. Yeah. Not what you expected with Kansas City Confidential, is is it? (laughs) No, but, you know, I really didn't know what to expect from this one. It certainly wasn't anything I got Uh other than an expectation from 99 River Street and how much I enjoyed that one. Mm -hmm. So Van Cleef, he's there. He's gambling and and flirting, a.k.a. getting fleeced by the souvenir girl Mm -hmm. who does a great job in this. Um, Joe, a.k.a. Pete, a.k.a. Joe. Uh, he arrives and he's met a woman named Helen mm-hmm. who is there to meet up with her father. Who we find out is Mr. Big, Tim Foster. Yeah. He was a retired police captain from back in Kansas city and he's on his annual fishing trip. Right. Is, is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his daughter really likes this guy, but he's confused by the face and the name. They're not matching up. This isn't Pete Harris. Yeah. Something's up. Something's up. Uh, he, but he goes off to meet with his old friend, Scott Andrews, an insurance inspector, to tell him that uh, Harris, Romano, and Kane, they're all there, and they're probably connected to that bank robbery. Hmm. So we should probably go catch these guys and get the reward money from the insurance company. Now it's making and, sense. And that's our plan. Yeah, because at first you're like, why wouldn't he just cut off with this money, you know? Right. Because you find out that the you know the bills are marked, and he mentions that. So yeah. so, yeah. So, that you know, he's smart enough to know as, a, as an ex-cop that, you know, that's not how he's going to be able to do anything with money. And that's money. how he knew who these yeah. criminals were, who was perfect to set up. Yep. It's airtight. Lovely. Yep. It's a classic, even with 99 River Street, where you're like, I remember that scene where it looks like, oh boy, this murder, other murder in the playhouse. And they, they pulled that switcheroo. Like, yep. I, I love how they do that stuff. Every time you're like, hey, wait a second. What the fuck? And they're like, nah, we thought of that. Maybe it like, took four writers, but we got it. And it's almost like, you know, they don't, I guess they kind of alluded to it a little bit, but it's almost like, he becomes a hero too out of it. So not so yeah. not not only that, but he could potentially get his job back. You know, yeah, he's just on a fishing vacation. Yeah, right. You know, after everything. So not only does he set him up, get the reward money, but he gets. Do we know why he fish- lost his job? He just was like disgraced in some way. Or? So they said it, it was. They kind of allude to it. There was some type of scandal, but they don't say what it was. So yeah. so some so he was maybe 
a little bit shady. And and we get that impression from obviously from this this caper. Yeah, I was gonna so. say, so you look a great guy. I don't know why. why. Yeah, so so <laughs> I think that's what they kind of allude to. So some, he got caught up in some type of some type of crookedness, and they he's got, they got yearly him. vacations to this beautiful place. I'm sure he was definitely <laughs> skimming a little off the top. Maybe. So also Colleen Gray, we should point out our old friend Colleen Gray, Na- our, our Helen Alley. Foster, Nightmare Alley, The Killing. Uh, great to see her again mm-hmm. so soon. Keep coming back. Yeah, keep it keep it gray here. Yeah. So Joe is also he suspects that Romano and Kane are probably the other two guys who pulled the heist. They just got that vibe about him. And so there's another card game going on, and he, he gets dealt in again. And he uh, during the game he shows the off the torn card, which gets a reaction from Romano and Kane. But Foster is also in the game, and he's just he doesn't really react, but he's more confused and curious. Yeah. Van Cleef takes off. And Joe, again, he loves to just come into a game and leave. I'm sure everybody loves playing poker with this guy. Yeah. And he's barely able to follow him, but he makes it to his bungalow before Van Cleef does. And he gets to look through his stuff. Uh, and you get to you get to see the mask around Joe's calf, which is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like just a multi-faced calf for a second. Yeah. And then in the drawer, like, it's just, it's, it's such a great mask. Uh, obviously, we're praising the mask here. Yeah. Jim Carrey, what a great job. What a great job. <laughs> Somebody stop me. So he finds everything he needs to confirm that this is the right guy, and Romano returns, but he gets the upper hand on him with violence. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about, Dan, mm-hmm. you know, in these movies and movies in general, you see a lot of, like, chops to, like, the neck and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this may be the first time it clicked with me, but just, you know, as you're younger, you watch that, and you're like, a chop to the neck, like, so what, right? Yeah. Who cares? But as you get older and, and the back and the neck starts to go and you're like, that would take me out in an instant if that happened to me now. So yeah. And I the force it. that they're, they're exerting too. I mean, it, you know, what might look like. You don't like even to need you, much force. Much. Yeah. You can flick a pinky at me and I'm going <laughs> down. It, the, these old bones, I tell you, Dan, like I, I get it. I'm, I, you know, now that I'm 37, I'm here to say, I get it. Yes. Shout especially out to the orthopedics out there. I was going to say, especially if you're talking about a fight between John Payne and, and Lee Van Cleef, you know, it's like they're, they're, they're probably going to be going full full tilt on each other too. Well, so. especially if it's going to be a, uh, a Phil Carlson pitcher. This guy is very, it goes all out with the violence. And yes. even, and John Payne is happy to deliver. He even broke some of Jackie Lamb's ribs when they yeah. fought earlier. So this movie is legit for sure in that regard. Yeah. So able to take out van cleef and he says you know why don't you play ball We're, let's team up we can we can figure all this out i don't know if we can trust kane maybe we can get a bigger take like let's do this thing mm-hmm. so sounds like it all went well joe goes off on his date with helen the next morning and that's a, a very nice date we also we find out that helen is going to be she's off to college to become a prosecutor yeah mm-hmm. so some of that comes up throughout and it is a nice touch but yeah, by Van a pool Cleef. reading, <laughs> yeah, yeah stud, exactly. stud studying. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, she gets a lot of grief for not studying. She's she's trying to have a little fun on vacation. God forbid, but yeah, you know those lawyer exams—they're nonstop. They're tough. I mean, you and I passed the bar. We remember. Yeah, took three times, but damn it, we did it. Yep, a lot of YouTube lessons. Vincent Gallo, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Gallo, you know most <laughs> from My Cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah. That's his fake, his fake name. I was thinking of Vincent Gallo. No, I was thinking like Vince Gallo from, 
from Michael Zavini. Yeah. No, I got that. Now, I know. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like that wasn't what I was I was I was thinking about. But now that I, I understand why you'd be confused, yes. I'm gonna give a Vini, if anything. Yes. Marissa Tomei, Dan loves her, so we know I do love we're Marissa Tomei. my cousin Vinny references here. Oscar winning performance, Dan. Yes. Yes. As it should have been. <laughs> I don't remember the competition, but she's great. Yes. You uh you, you know what she's good in is Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. You like that one? I haven't seen that one. No. You should you should check that out. Okay. Just also a really good Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawk. Oh, I do like Ethan Hawk. Very good neo noir fucking stress good times cool check it out so yes van cleef shows up on this date looking all cool like he always does the best eyes in the business so takes him back to the bungalow and joe leaves his gun behind i think accidentally it falls it falls out okay of his, out of his slips like, right towel. out yeah that's right because he goes to reach for it and it's not there and kane is there too at the bungalow and they beat up joe and Kane's like, I did time with Harris, so I know this guy is a fraud. Yeah. And it does not look like it's going well for Joe at all. He's about to get killed. And then Helen shows up with the gun and gives it to Joe. I love that so much. That was Just fucking plops genius. Her, plops it right in his hand say, oh, you dropped this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he needs this. And then they're like, okay, we're, we're going to head off. Yeah. See you later, man. It was Diffused, oh, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. I, yeah. I can't believe I've never seen anything like that before. That was... Maybe one of the greatest and cleverest scenes of the movie, but yeah, that was so good. Come in. Oh, pardon me. I didn't know you had visitors. That's all right. Come on in. Miss Foster, you know Mr. Romano? Mr. Kane. I've seen Mr. Romano around. How do you do, Mr. Kane? Hello. They were trying to talk me into taking a walk with them. I explained we had a date. Oh, I don't mind. I told them you wouldn't. Just a couple of nature lovers. We were chatting about it when you knocked. Well, it must have been a very warm discussion. Oh, uh, well, I just dropped in to return this to you. Thanks. I hardly missed it. I only carry it in case of snakes. We'll be seeing your hairs. Yeah. Hey, Tony. I know a sure cure for a nosebleed. A cold knife in the middle of the back. Nice guys. Playful. And so, you know, Helen is trying to figure out what's going on. Joe stays tough. He's like telling these guys to stay out of his way. And uh, they have a nice back and forth. He's like, hey, if, you know, you were my lawyer. What would you say to do? And he's like, I would tell you not to talk, even though she's like, what's going on? Yeah. So that was fun. And she seems to get that something's up, but still likes him. Um, and that night, each man receives, they get a note saying, come meet on a boat. Um, and this is where we find out that uh, Mr. Big Foster... And his friend Andrews, they have a whole plan with signaling so that way they can get the cops to come and arrest them. Mm-hmm. And so they're heading off to the boat and Helen, she asks our father to help out our friend Harris. She seems to have fallen in love with them. Mm-hmm. But Foster's like, you know, this guy's no good. He's an ex-convict, but she's still on board. And then the three men, they're, uh, they get into the car. Uh, I believe it's like when like you see 
uh, Romano and Kane, they're like waiting. And yeah. this is and this is where John Payne like tries to kind of sneak up behind him. That was really cool. Yeah, and then they have like a little exchange, like get in the car, like, "Oh, I'm going fishing. Where are you going?" And, <laughs> yeah. and like, oh yeah, I'll go there too. And like the, all that, all the kind of like platitudes and stuff like that is just kind of funny. And this is where Helen, because this is when Helen's like, "Hey, you got to go help out." Yeah, Harris. So Foster goes. He follows the three men on the boat. Uh, the Manana, which is the name yes, of the boat tomorrow. Exactly. Thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's funny that that's because they say you're going on the boat tomorrow, tomorrow when, yes. they get, when they get the note. Should have put a little winky face yeah. in there. I wonder when they finally put, started putting smiley faces in telegrams, huh? Yeah, like do you, like so would it have been before the stop or after the stop? I guess it would have had to have been before the stop. I would love to see like an old like Western telegram movie and then be like, put in a smiley face and like <laughs> stop, smiley face, stop. Or they'd be like colt semicolon. <laughs> Maybe that needs to be an, a a bumper sticker that we make or a t shirt design or something like that. <laughs> make a tel- a fake telegram. Sounds good. Even like a telegram, you know, maybe from this or something. Yeah, exactly. That or like the You Utter Fool from yeah. uh, City That Never Sleeps. Yeah. Something. Into it. We're still figuring out merch in 2022. We'll yep. have something by end of winter, spring. Let's make that promise. Yeah. We're good at our promises as we, we've countlessly demonstrated on this show. Yes. Also it, come back next week as we <laughs> fulfill one promise <laughs> from three weeks ago. Yes, hopefully. We, we can do it. it. I understand why we haven't. And I'm also glad that we mutually both have been slacking. But yes. That's how you know a, a good partnership. We, we know when to, when to hold them and when to fold them, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's a lot of cars in this movie, Dan. Yes. And also, so you see like the car on the deck and then um, the three men going to the Manana boat. And like, it looks mm-hmm. like that car is just like could collapse at any time. The way it's just set up. Like, I don't know. It's a crazy crazy dock there yeah oh yeah at one point too you see foster with the money and he gets a little gasoline on it Mm -hmm. and that was another fake i figured it was gonna burn up somehow or something like that yeah that never came to play but he peels back the layers and i I do like that he peels back so he like moves the gas can you find that it's got like the little like compartment uh and then on the compartment like a spare tire would be yeah it's like a spare tire compartment yeah and then you see the 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 bill that's where the bills have been all the time all all along at least to Uh that point because we find out that he moves them then they get moved into the boat yes for this setup into the closet there yeah yes (laughs) which joe discovers and then tries to get romano in and he's like hey you and me that's an even bigger take we can split over a million dollars together let's do it so kane comes in and then instantly gets shot by van cleef and then Van Cleef rightfully is just like, and then why would I then keep what you alive? You? Yeah. yeah. So it looks like he's going down, but then Foster comes in and, and shoots him, but he, he ends up taking one too. He's already made the signal at this point as yes. well to Andrew. So the, the fuzz is on the way. He, this is where he also explains that the, the money has been marked. No one can really spend it anyways. The cops come in and he's like, as he's going down, Foster's like, you know, hey, this guy... Joe Rolfe, he's all right. Make sure you get some of the money along with my daughter. Yeah, and, and yeah, make sure you don't, you know, spill the beans, you know, on, yeah, we were, on we, me. Yeah, we were in on this together. This was our plan, wink, wink. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so he was, you know, he was there from the start. He was he was setting up everyone. He saw Harris go down, but, you know, he was, it was all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. So all is well. And then uh, 
yeah, um, Andrews lets Helen know that, you know, hey, your dad said all is well, go for it. Joe's a good guy, and she's, she's pretty happy by this news. The end. Another Goes in happy for the kiss. noir ending. Yep. yep, going for the kiss, and it ends, yeah. Sealed with the kiss. Um, so, uh, so what do you think? Overall? I would give this movie nine masks out of ten. Wow, that's great. No, I really, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's my enjoyable. real question, yeah. my real question is because I feel like you knew this movie was of a quality where I would like it. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they're a sure thing. Mm-hmm. How do you rank this with Ninety Nine River Street? Which do you like better? Great question. Because boy, two great films. I think Ninety Nine River Street is a better movie plot wise. Like as far as like as far as like between like the shots in the movie and the plot and just everything that's going on in it. But I think this is a more in, like instantly enjoyable movie. Like this is like an easier, easier watch. Like this is a movie you can just throw on and it's a ride and it's fun. 99 River Street is a ride, but it's got a little bit more substance to it. Like there's a little bit more going on. Um, yeah. Like, a little bit more texture to it. My other I'd question agree with that. I was going to ask. And there was a couple shots. I think like, because this one was, it came out before 99 River Street. I think that's, it's more confidently directed movie. Like there's a couple shots that like, people kind of walk into frame like there's some weird staging like Mm -hmm. not anything to ruin your enjoyment but you're just like oh you know not you know just a little sloppy but you know not not badly so whereas like 99 river street is just such like a well-oiled machine by that yeah this is like the trial run almost right right before that yeah Uh, i wanted to ask how you watch this um because this is public domain um we we were gonna get into this um i i watched it the blu-ray print of it Mm -hmm. which unfortunately is not great it's not bad it you know it's very watchable like this not print like, oh, looks good i don't know if it's the same one you have i have this, it is this it's is good the, but there's so many like little bits of fuzz the sound mm. could be a little better and it, it's weird because it is public domain but it's mgm that has the rights to it now mm-hmm. and they apparently you know they have a great print of it but they haven't outsourced it to anybody so people mm-hmm. have been kind of working with the best that they can mm-hmm. but i heard that even the dvd from mgm that they put out is actually even looks better Really? Yeah. No, so I'd be curious I, I said, to see that. But I, 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 like didn't, I don't think it's yeah. bad. Yeah. You know, you could get it and not feel like ripped off. I mean, we, we've watched worse quality movies for sure. Mm-hmm. Even whereas I, I felt we watched a pretty good DOA. Like it's still like, I'd say this is better than what, what that was that, yes. that's available. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's room for improvement. Definitely. I, I'd like to see someone take this on, you know, maybe when we we're start up our public domain releasing arm. Once we finally perfect our HD remastering tools, uh, yes. maybe we could take this one on because it is a great film. Um, yeah, it, it's a shame that it's it's like, and I saw I was a little confused, but it's like public domain, but only for like release, like not for streaming or like theatrical. Like MGM still has the rights for that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I know it's definitely been kicked around a lot in different DVDs over the years. And yeah, and that's like one of the things where, again, I, like you said, DOA, like that's what it makes me think of like these really cool film noir gems that are public domain that like, you would always hear about. Like I always heard this title for this, the yes. longest time and just never sat down to watch it until a couple years ago. This and would then, be one of, I yeah. would say like the big, one of the bigger film noirs. It's just like, I just hadn't seen it and it was time to get to and was excited to schedule it. Exactly. Scarlet I mean, Street, I would say is my next one. Yes. Yes. We'll be, we'll be getting to that this year. Yes, which I, I love, um, and I revisited recently as well. But yeah, and, and like I said, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I knew going into it, I had a feeling that you would like it, at least bare minimum for the mask, because as we mentioned, they are pretty darn cool. So um, good. Yeah, so like I knew that that would be... Which you like, get right away, too. Like yeah. he, he puts on that mask in under five minutes, I would right. say. 
yeah, you get into that, like the, just like the interactions with the thugs that he gets in to the caper and stuff like that with them. And you like got just, Van Cleef, it's a sure yeah, thing. Yeah, got Van Cleef, you got, you got John Payne, you know. You yeah, got, I'm, I'm really growing to like John Payne, I mean, or just getting to know him really. And, you know, I'd definitely be curious to see more. There's one more film from, the, from this director and John Payne. It's uh, Scarlet something, right? It's uh, Hell's Island, actually. And it's... Uh, I thought there was another one that they did. I could be wrong. Let me see. I do believe it's Hell's Island. It's Technicolor. And maybe we should do it for our Tech Noir Color, which I finally figured out what to call this. Tech Noir Color. Yes. No, there's another one. It's called, yeah, it's Scandal Sheet. That's what it's called. 1952. Scandal Sheet. Okay, it's, so we got two more. That is, that is available. I know it's on DVD for sure, because I've had that one on my list for a while. Well, we'll find it. Yep, it, it is around. So yes, that maybe is we'll do both. Do. I don't know. I don't know uh, how much of what we have to work with for for them. But there is another John Payne one that I I absolutely love. Um, it's it's a different director. I forget who directed, but it's a movie called The Crooked Way. Um, that okay. would be, that would be cool to do because that one that one's on Blu-ray. That one's that one's fantastic. All right, we will add it to the list. That might be my favorite role of his. Actually, I think that might be his best role. More I mean, as much as, as much as Nightmare Check it out. If it's better great. than these. I, I think he, it's such an interesting character that he plays, and I, I think he plays it very well. What year was that? I think that was 1950, but I will, I will double-check that for you. Okay, so before this, then. Yes. I'm almost certain, but I will let you know in just one second. Actually, earlier, so it was 1949. Ah, um, all right. Yeah. Hungrier. Yes. I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aerial view of Kansas City's Union Station. That was stock footage, of course. None of this movie was shot in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So there's also uh, actually like a lot of lies about <laughs> where it was filmed. Like promotional material said that it had been filmed in Mexico and Guatemala, but most of it was in a Hollywood studio. Mm-hmm. And then Santa Catalina Island for the boat shots. So Not didn't so travel too far after all. Um, this was the only film made by Edward Small's short-lived Associated Players and Producers, but it was also the first of a 13-movie deal that he had signed with United Artists in 1952, with 10 to be made in the first year. And John Payne actually owned 25% of this movie, so hmm. he must have especially loved when it went into public domain. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Original title for the movie was Kansas City 117. What, what do you think of that, Dan? Hmm. Based on a police code, yeah, not as good. Um, yeah. And it, the people agreed. People love confidential films. Edward Small gave us three more. Uh, New York Confidential, Chicago Confidential, and Hong Kong Confidential. Yes. That's a good time. Was Scandal Sheet also had uh, John Payne, you said? It does. It's, it's, okay. it's Phil Carlson and, and John Payne. So this was, that was released in the, this same year, 1952, mm-hmm. and was a bit of a success. You know, he at this point had been graduated from Poverty Row, from Monogram, and, and things were going well with uh, United Artists Distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, da, da, da. The movie was referenced in a 1975 episode of MASH titled The Gun, but apparently they, uh, they were saying that they were showing the movie. It was announced over the intercom, but actually they had shown it many times in the camp, apparently. Hmm. That'd be a good one to watch, though. Yeah. As you're in the Korean War. Hopefully you're in a good season of MASH and not towards the end, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to a, a 1953 HCN article, an entertainer named Tony Romano had sued United Artists and uh, Associated Players and Producers and Small for $600,000 for the public scorn and ridicule he suffered because they used his name 
to portray a, a quote gangster, convicted felon, and three-time loser end quote. Mm. Uh, but nobody knows how that that suit was settled, or if it was. I don't know. Tony Romano just seems like a name anyone would think of, like Ray Romano. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had Ray Romano back then, right? They knew. Yeah. Oh, real quick, I want to I want to make a correction. So, scandal scandal sheet. It was directed by Phil Carlson and. John Payne apparently was up for the role, but didn't get it, end up getting it. Uh, he, offered, okay. he offered it, but did not get it, but it was directed by Phil Carlson. And that one's not color, right? I don't believe it is, but it is, it is yeah, it is written by Edward Small. Uh, and actually it's based on a, a Samuel Fuller novel. That sounds like everything we need to hear. So we will, it sounds exactly. like we can schedule that, you know, regularly, regular programming, no problem there. Yep. And then we can, uh, we can visit the Island of Hell for, yep. Technoir color may. It's black and white. It is black and white. I just got All right. It. Less competition. Yes. Perfect. I'm glad that worked out. Mm-hmm. We don't have to oversaturate the market. Nope. Um, as far as the actors and everyone goes, I mean, we've covered so many of these people. So, but we got Neville Brand. You know, fun fact, he was the fourth most decorated soldier of World War II. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, how much the acting thing worked out. That's, that's something. Especially in the big one, you know. Yeah. He twice portrayed Al Capone on the Untouchables television series, once in the pilot and then in a double episode. And then uh, they would often cut to him in flashback as well. Hmm. He loved reading. He had a collection of over 30,000 books over the years. Wow. But most of them were destroyed in a 1978 fire in his Malibu home. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. He was also a Republican, so maybe that was the karma. Also a bummer. Got him, yeah. In 1975, he had admitted in an interview that he was an alcoholic and had spent most of his fortune. Hmm. Wonder how much you get for the Purple Heart at the pawn shop, Dan? Not much. Not much. A cup, <laughs> cup, cup of coffee. I think they don't even say that in this movie. Possibly. I think they do. I think I think he says that when he's in the in the coffee shop. I'll see if I can cut to that clip right now. Yeah, I, I thought you did that purposefully. That's why I was like, oh, I was like that was a, that was a good one. I like that setup. Pretty good soldier too. Bronze Star, Purple Heart. Try and buy a cup of coffee with him. Well, the editing tells me that I did do it on purpose. Yes. Uh, as far as uh, Jackie Lamb goes, you might be like, hey, that guy has some crazy eyes. Probably because he lost the sight in his left eye when he was stabbed with a pencil Oof. during a boyhood altercation with a fellow Boy Scout. Wow. Uh, Scout's honor, huh? Not, not so much. Jeez, I'll say. Um, and then... As far as George E. Discant, our cinematographer, we're going to see him around. He's going he's gonna to be here for On Dangerous Ground we got coming up. They live by night. Mm-hmm. He'll be back. I think he did a good job with this one, but the print was only so good. Mm. Find out when there's a restoration coming. I hope we still have our Blu-ray powers this year. I hope so, too. That might have been a 2021 exclusive. Yeah. We also I'm... got so many things that we wanted. You know, It almost feels greedy at this point. Yeah. I feel like there's always room. There's always room for more. There um, you go. But we'll see. Couple Oliver Twists over here, huh? Yep. Just begging Warner Archive Criterion for Please. just one more. Warner Archive, <laughs> Please. Got cool, yeah, they got some cool ones coming up. I saw, yeah, there was at least some two cool good pre- ones. In some cool next pre-codes month. coming out, too. I'm always on the lookout for those. Yeah. Hopefully we can, we can schedule more episodes. It seems like there's some good stuff coming up. Yeah. And they always surprise, too. They'll always throw in some... Uh, I also saw, I don't know if you saw recently, it's, it's, it's kind of adjacent, but there's a, um, I think it's Kino's putting out, it's a, it's a triple Blu-ray set of uh, Edward G. Ulmer, 
Or Elger G. Omer, uh, oh, the director okay. of, of Detour. I have one of them, the 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 man from Planet X, which is awesome. Um, and then there's two of two other ones I haven't seen. So yeah, I I definitely want to pick that up. When's that come out? Great question. I want to say it's I mean it's early 2022, but I, I want to say it's like in the spring. It's called the Edgar G. Ulmer Sci-Fi Collection. Um, it has The Man from Planet X, Beyond the Time Barrier, and The Amazing Transparent Man. And where is the release date? March 29. So yeah, spring springtime. Uh, but definitely. Be shabby. I mean, Man from Planet X is ridiculous. It's such a low budget in, in the same you know, way that Detour is. But it's such a, the way he does it's so fascinating. It's like a lot of just, again, fog. So obviously I'm going to like it. And just like <laughs> kind of like sh- very shadowy. And it's like sci-fi, but so like low tech. But the atmosphere is so good on that's such awesome. a low budget. And that's, it, you can appreciate it on that level. Like when you like those type of movies, it's like, yeah, it's not this grand sci-fi spectacle or anything, but like, it's just interesting. And like, they you could coast a lot on atmosphere, yeah. especially back then. Yeah, and I don't know and if he's, that's ever, he's a lesson that. everyone knew. Yeah, he's good at that. So uh, the pros I, that's the one I've are. seen. That, yeah, but the other two look look equally as awesome. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. And that, yeah, it's a Kino box set. They announced that on Christmas Day, so I was Ooh. like, nice nice little Christmas gift. Yeah, but who's working that day, huh? I was gonna say, yeah, I was like, I wonder if they have. I mean, that. Maybe you could set it. Yeah, I was gonna say they yeah, probably have it set up. Yeah, maybe was Kino or Lorber. Mr. Kino or Mr. Lorber. Mr. <laughs> I imagine they're two people, right? I have no idea about the origins of that name. Do you? So there's Kino International and then there's Fox Lorber. Um, okay. We're two companies. So, and, and I think... There's a merger? Kino, yeah, Kino, they merged. And Kino, I think it is, Kino it is a merger name. Out. Yeah, I think Kino bought out Fox Lorber. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Fox Lorber and like uh, New Yorker Video were two like, I'd say like competitors to like Criterion and Kino back in the day. And then they kind of all kind of merged and then Kino kind of absorb some of that um and like they were kind of known for doing a lot of foreign release kind of cinema stuff like that like a lot of godard and person and stuff like that it's nice when a label has a specialty yeah but then you know i guess you all merge and then you have multi-specialties who knows yeah i i give what i do give credit to kino is kino has quite the variety like they 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 have everything across the gamut and that i think that's cool that's something cool that they bring no even when it's like something not so great i still respect the availability they give to it and and the the level of quality they bring so yes shout out to kino who had nothing to do with this movie or the movie next week but we still love him and we'll be talking about that set come march or april maybe you know sounds like it's at the end yep allow time for shipping so Mm -hmm. early april yeah we'll, we'll talk about it but next week we're going to talk about 1950s night and the city. The next 120 seconds bring you more action and excitement than most people experience in a lifetime. Rushing at fever pitch out of the night in the city comes the best-selling novel that intrigued millions, Gerald Kirsch's startling story of London after dark, Night and the City. An intimate and intense picture of a city and the intruders in the night who live and love and hate under cover of its darkness. Richard Widmark. Always fleeing from one affair, always turning to another, working harder than any man that ever lived, but always on the wrong thing. Gene Tierney, who wants only his love. Who are you running away from now? Running? Me? Now, you know me better than that. Three days and three nights and not a word for me. Well, I've been very busy. For all I knew, you were lying in the gutter somewhere with a knife in your back. Gucci Withers, who wants his kisses. Just think, Harry, think. 
We're younger, stronger, healthier than he is. We've got more life in our little fingers than he has in the whole of his body. Oh, Harry, darling, we must have got to get away from him. Please, Harry, please. Hugh Marlowe, who wants his sweetheart. Oh, no, you don't. Not again. Every time you talk, you mix me up so I can't think straight for a week. Thanks, Harry. Anything. Anytime. Francis L. Sullivan, who wants his life. You've got it all. But you're a dead man, Harry Fabian. A dead man. Give it up! Give it up! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Fabian! Fabian, come out of there! You rat! You double tosser! You Judas! Harry! Harry, go back! Turn me in! Cut my throat for a thousand quid! Go back, Harry! I'll get help! We're bringing back Richard, Widmark, Gene Tierney. It, it's time. We needed them. This is one. It, it, you, everyone's going to love this one. What a I've, been, I've been looking forward to this episode in particular because this is one I haven't watched in a very long time. Um, oh, okay. I, I, lo- I love it. I just, it's, yeah. been, it's been one that like, I always look at I'm like, I should watch that. You know, it's like one of those ones that's always kind of in the back of your mind when you're thinking of stuff. I'm like, this is such a good movie. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it for sure. It's going to be a good time. I'm sure we're all psyched for it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. We're excited to, to bring another year of content mm-hmm. and uh, crazy times. Yes. But one thing that's not going to change beyond the, the level of quality we bring, obviously, is our sign-off. Dan, mm-hmm. here's the crime. Here's the crime. Ready?